0: Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Awesome. Well, I get to speak at session two. I always fight doing this because I think we've got that. Here, I don't want to talk. I want you to hear her. But I am a girl. I always say I'm a girl who said yes to God, and I've learned it's better to say yes to Him than to fight Him because He wins anyway. He makes you do it whether you want to do. You might as well just say yes in the beginning and save your energy for what He wants you to do rather than fighting Him. But I'm really excited about what I'm uh, going, going to share with us this morning, and you know, I was listening to. Um, Someone talking, and they were just sharing this experience about a conversation that they'd overheard with a mother and a daughter. And this mum had dropped her little one off to kindergarten, which is a preschool. Nat, I know from New South Wales, is different. So, dropped him off to preschool, and she came back after the session and picked up her daughter. And she said to her daughter the quintessential question: "What did you learn today?" And the little girl says, "Mum." I learned that I have to wear a name tag, even though I know my name. (laughs) And for her, it was incredulous like, what a ridiculous thing to do. And before, so Mum's thinking of an answer like, oh, she's got the reasons as to why she needs to explain this. But before Mum can speak and answer this little girl, she comes up with her own conclusion. And she says, I suppose Mrs. Jones just does not want me to forget who I am. And do you know what? I've been in ministry and leading Victory Church along with Tony 25 years next February. And what I've discovered is it's not just kindergarten girls who forget who they are. But each and every one of us face opportunities and crisis where we can forget who we are. In fact, we have what we would call an identity crisis Often, And if we look at the dictionary, the term or the definition of an identity crisis is a period of uncertainty and confusion in which a person's sense of identity becomes insecure. And I remember Tony and I had been married one week. One week we'd been married, we had a week off and I went straight back to work. And I was a dental nurse at the time. And we often went to theatre and took out people's wisdom teeth, these sort of things as they were knocked out. And the first week back at work after being married one week, I'm in theatre my boss, we're taking out wisdom teeth and for some reason, the parotid gland dropped out into the empty socket of which we'd taken the wisdom tooth out and then I dropped it to the floor. And so I hit the deck after 11 years of being in theatre, I fainted, cracked my head on the cement floor and they wheeled me out on my patient's gurney. And so when I came to in the recovery, you know when you roll over, I'm like, what's my patient doing there? Then you're like, where am I? And then you're like, oh, my head. So I went home with a bad case of concussion. The doctors, they checked. They thought I might've fractured my skull. Everything was okay. I'm like, I've got a hard head. That thing ain't breaking. So I go home and the doctor says, just you can't stay by yourself for the next 48 hours. So Tony was gonna take me to his mum and dad's the next day when he went to work. And so my mum rings in the morning. And it's, again, this is how long ago it was because it's when your phone was on the wall when you had the dangly cords. So I'm talking to my mum and I obviously say goodbye and my mum hangs up and guess what? Bang! Bang! I hit the deck again. And Tony was in the other room and he said the thud he heard was like, he could not believe it. So he comes around, the phone is swinging. He picks it up to talk to my mum to say, what have I done? What's going on? What do I need to do? And my mum's already hung up. By this stage, I come too. So I'm trying to sit up and I take one look at Tony and I'm like, who are you? Where am I? Who am I? And for the next five minutes, so disorientated, I did not know. I didn't know who Tony was. I didn't know where I was. I didn't know who I was. And I've discovered that life has a funny way of knocking our identity. When when the knocks of life come, it can get us to question who it is or who we are. And I'm not sure your situation this morning. Perhaps you're a young girl here who's made some decisions that right now you think, if I wish I hadn't have made those. And those decisions have knocked your sense of identity and sense of worth. Perhaps you're a mum. As mums, we do this all the time. We raise our children. But if they go and make decisions that are not uh, that are contrary to what we think we've raised them and brought them and believed into them, it can knock our sense of identity and affect who we think we are. Or maybe you're just a, a young girl and... There's uh, something that you've done or wanted to do and it just didn't pl- work out the way you wanted it. And it's not your sense of who am I? And this morning, I wanna be able to talk about who we are because we're not what happens to us, but life wants to shake it out of us. And before I tell us who we are, I need to tell us who we're not. And girlfriend, you need to understand you are not what you do. Whatever you're doing. I am a pastor. I have the role and the function of a leader, but that's not who I am. You're not who you what you wear. I like to wear nice clothes. I like things, but you know what? That's not who you are. So whether you can wear some really fancy label names or you go to Target and there's nothing wrong with Target. I love Target. It doesn't matter what you wear because you're not what you wear. You're not even what you earn. Well, your bank balance says whether you've been very good at stewarding your money and saving it and putting it away for a rainy day, living within your budget, or whether you're a skint and you've got nothing left in that bank account and you're concerned about where the next money... You're none of that. You're not what you earn. You're not what you've saved. You're not what you drive. Thank God for that, because I don't have a car. (laughs) So you are not what you drive. You're not where you live. Year 12s, you are not what your exam results say in November. You are not that. You are not anything that anyone says over you. People put stuff on us all the time. We know, we're mums. How many of us have said as our kids go to leave, oh, put your jumper on. And they go, no, I'm not cold. Not. I'm cold, put it on. We put things on people all the time. You are not what people have said over you. I'll tell you what you and I are this morning. John 1.12 says this, Yet to all who did receive Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave them the right to become children of God. You, girlfriend, are a daughter of the King. And I want to introduce you to someone this morning. Her name is Kath. Have I got it right? They're all saying, we'll just point to you. I'm Kath and I am a daughter of the King. And it gets better. You also are a daughter of the King. I want you to turn to the girl next to you, tell her your name and introduce yourself as your name, daughter of the King. Okay, all right. I didn't say have a full on conversation. Come on, girls, come on. Hands on top. That means stop. <laughs> yeah. Give the girls an inch, they'll take a mile. I just said introduce yourself as a daughter of the king, not then tell her, oh, you look gorgeous. It may be true. She does look gorgeous. You can tell her that in the break. All right. Girls, next time life tries to define you, next time life kicks you in the teeth punches you in the face you need to remember in the crisis you are crowned you are a daughter of the king and nothing else anyone says is true or even matters girlfriend you're a daughter of the king your your identity doesn't change when your confidence does and we're women confidence goes up and down things happen things don't happen our confidence shifts but our identity who we essentially are never changes your who you are doesn't change whether you were successful or not successful Seriously, students, if it doesn't go well this year at the end of your exams and it's not how you want it, it doesn't change your identity. Whether you're succeeding in life right now or you are just barely getting by and begging God for a breakthrough in your circumstances, it does not change your identity, who you are and who God says you are. Your identity has been secured in Christ and what He has done for you and what He has done for me. Who we are is who God says we are. And who is that you're asking right now? Like, what does God say about me? Well, let me tell you what God says about you. You'll find it in Ephesians chapter 1. And I'm going to read from verses 3 to 6. to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. And so this morning I just want to spend a little bit of time talk about three things that we need to remember when we're in crisis, when we're facing an identity crisis, when situations or people or circumstances, life is throwing things at me, life is trying to define me, life is trying to define you, tell you who you are and what you can do. We need to remember that we're crowned in the crisis, that I'm a princess because I'm a daughter of the King, no matter what I do, no matter where I find myself, whether I'm sitting in the palace or I'm running through the woods, I'm still a princess that doesn't change and I want to share three things that you and I need to remember based on what God says about us so that we can keep our crowns on and remember they're there and then walk like we're wearing them this morning and the first one is this are you ready? Yeah. oh two of you are ready I'm so glad you told, you rocked up this morning I said are you ready? Yeah. I think I'm preaching better than you're responding now come on I always wanted to say that. I don't don't actually believe it, but anyway. All right. Number one, girlfriend, you are accepted. Verse six says this, to the praise of the glory of His grace by which He made us accepted in the beloved. God accepts you. This is what I want us to remember. Before anybody ever rejected you, before anybody ever told you, you were no good, you wouldn't amount to anything, you can't do it, God says, I've accepted you in the beloved. And the great thing is, it's got nothing to do with you. It's got nothing to do with the fact whether you've earned it I've worked so hard. I've done all the right things. I've made sure I've been seen in all the right places. I've said amen in the right place. I've said yes in the right place. Hallelujah in the right place. Made sure the right people have seen me. It's got nothing to do with you. So whether you've got it all good or all bad, oh, you know what? Because life is so bad and because of the situation in which I found myself and because of what my parents have said over me or haven't said over me, because of the... uh, avenues that have been given to me or the opportunities that haven't been given to me, I'm not. No, 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 no. Your acceptance has got nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with God in heaven who loves you and sent His Son, Jesus, to make a way for you to be accepted. It's got nothing to do with you. Stop thinking so highly of yourself. Yeah, honestly, you can't change a thing. You can't earn it. You can't lose it. You're not that good. And I think you're great. I love you. I think you're amazing. But you're not that good. But Jesus is. He has accepted you because of what He's done. And in case you're not believing me, I've got a little demonstration for you this morning. This is you and me. Aren't we gorgeous? I should have drawn a crayon on her. This is you and me walking along. This is who we are. Okay, this is what I present to the world. This is who I am when I go to God and then I say, oh, you know what? But I kicked the cat this week. I burnt the dinner. I, um, I yelled at my kids. I'm like, wow, I'm grateful when there's not a day I haven't yelled at my kids. <laughs> Whatever it is for you, I failed my exam. You know what? I rocked up to work late. Again, these aren't excuses that we go, okay, well, we can do those things. I'm just saying they're the things that we let define us. This is me and this is you. And we approach God this way thinking, actually, you know what? I feel like I can come close to Him because it's been a good week. Because I've done all my homework. I've done everything that's been asked of me. I've said all my prayers. I've read my uh, works. I helped an old lady across the street. It's actually just myself walking across the street. (laughs) Whatever it is, this is me, how I present myself. And if it's been a good week, I feel great that I can come into God's presence. But if it's been a bad week, I hide away. No, I can't. But this is what God wants you to know this morning. This is Christ. Don't laugh. I've seen him, but no, I have not seen him personally. All right. This is Christ. This is me. And this is you. When we go to God and we approach ourselves in God, this is what happens. The scripture says in 2 Corinthians 5, 21... For our sake, He made Him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. When we come to God, we come, get in there, girlfriend. (laughs) We come in Christ. So when God is looking at us and we're saying to God, but I did this, He goes, guess what, Catherine? I didn't see that. Because all I see is my Son and what He did for you. Girlfriend, when someone's telling you you're no good, when they're saying you should wear this to be in, when you should do this to be that, God is saying, I accepted you before any of those. I don't see that. I see my son, Jesus. Girlfriend, you are accepted. Put your crown on in the crisis of your doubt of your identity. Remember this, God has accepted you. So if you didn't make the team, you didn't make the cut, it doesn't matter. God accepted you. If you had your heart set on this relationship and it didn't go the way you planned, it doesn't matter. God has accepted you. Whatever it is you're feeling the rejection and the pullback from, you've got to understand before anybody rejected you, God accepted you in His Son. Not only, you can clap. Not only has God accepted us, but He's also Adopted us. He goes on to say in verse 5 that He presented us to be adopted us, predestined us to be adopted as His sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will. Your family, your God's family. He is your Abba, Father, Daddy, God. He's adopted you, which means you have the rights. Of the family, and I just want to show you something. Could you please just quickly turn your attention to the screen? Just got a thirty-second clip. I want you to enjoy. Can we play that? Thanks, guys. All right. Well, there's one more gift. We have one more gift. It's not for Grammy, but it's yeah. It's another gift. Why don't you? Careful, open it up. There we go. I want you to read it. I'm going to be adopted. <laughs> we love you we love you. <laughs> I know. I know. It's all over Facebook, it still makes me cry. That should be our reaction. Here's a little girl her birthday present, her mum and dad said, we're adopting you. We're making you ours. You belong to us. Girls, that's what God has done for each and every one of us. We're adopted. He is our daddy. We can come to Him. So whatever your situation and, and circumstances, whatever your natural Work has been here in terms of maybe your family have forever told you that you weren't wanted. They've rejected you. You weren't planned. You weren't what they desired. God is telling you, you have been adopted. And we know what happens when you've been adopted. It means everything that Daddy has is yours. And we have to start living. We're talking about being crowned in the crisis, not having an identity crisis. We need to start living in the fullness of everything Dad has is mine. I love our daughter Bee. She's here on the front row and I'm gonna embarrass her and I forgot to actually ask permission, but I'm gonna do it anyway and then ask for forgiveness later. But you know what? We've got a cafe out there. And so our kids were told that, um, you know what, you can go to the cafe and get something if you like on a Sunday. And I suddenly realised after about six months of doing that, every time I got my cafe bill at the end of the month, I had had to go get a second job. Like, what is going on? And then I found, I went to the girls and was chatting to them about it. And they're like, oh no, that's Bailey. Like all of that is Bailey. Because Bailey adopts the attitude that it's my dad's. She had no concept or clue. I've actually got to pay for that. But it's like she walks around church. This is dad's church. I'm dad's daughter. What's his is mine. So, you know, I'll just have another drink. And you know what? Give my friends all one too. Milkshakes all around. Because she's generous. But even more than that, because she understands Daddy owns it and Daddy says, I can have it. And that's how we have to adopt life. Daddy owns you. Daddy says you can have it. I don't know what it is you're missing or in need of this morning, but we don't have to sit in lack. The confidence that you're lacking right now, Daddy's got it. We just gotta ask him. The joy that you're lacking is robbing you right now. Daddy's got it. You just gotta ask him. The strength you need to walk through the situation that you're having to walk through. One, daddy can take it away, but if he doesn't, daddy can give you the strength to walk it out. That's what we saw demonstrated last night with Pastor Nat. When I sent her a text to thank her and sleep well, I said, you know what I loved about it? It wasn't so much what you said, it was the demonstration of how you lived. We watched you and went, you know what? You can tell me whatever you want, but I'm seeing it manifest and walked out before my eyes and that is when ministry takes place. Whatever you need, girlfriend, daddy's got it. And because you're daddy's daughter, it's available to you. Um, Matthew 7, 11 says this, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? When someone said to you, you weren't wanted, Daddy wants you. When someone says to you, you know what, this marriage isn't quite what I wanted, I want someone else, Daddy says, I want you. He says, you're in my family. What you need, I've got available to you. Girlfriend, I don't know what it is that you feel you're missing. But as a mum, if you know you wanna set your children up and you want to give them good gifts, you want to make them go further than you, you you will put yourself last so that they can have something. You'll miss out so that they can have. The Scripture tells me, if you can do that, though you are evil... How much more Daddy in heaven wants to do that for you? We have not, because we ask not. Girlfriend, whatever you, is attacking your identity, whatever it is that you're allowing to rob your confidence, whatever lie the enemy or people have prophesied, spoken over you, declared over you, you've got to understand everything my Daddy has is available to me. I just need to ask Him for it. You want to keep your crown on. You want to remind yourself that you are a princess in the crisis. You've got to understand you've been accepted. You've been adopted. But how about this? You are adored. Your God, Father in heaven, Daddy adores you. Ephesians 1 verses 4 and 5 says this, For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. In love, He predestined us to be adopted as His sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will. God adores you before anybody unadored you or whatever it is we've read into that. God's adoration and love for you is immense. It says, He chose you. You were chosen not just to fulfil a purpose, but God says He chose you because He wanted to be with you. Not because I need her to do a job, but I just want to be with her. I like her. Newsflash, God likes you. Not only does He like you, He loves you. Not only does He love you, He adores you. Many of us spend time trying to find a man who's going to worship the ground we walk on. Who's going to look at us like with stars in his eyes. He's going to look at us and his tongue is hanging out and he's panting and he's just like, oh. And I'm not saying that's wrong. But Dad in heaven does that over you and we don't find that sufficient enough. It's like, girlfriend, switch switch your perspective. Is it wrong to say God is panting after you? (laughs) Maybe. But between you and I, if it helps you to understand that he adores you, then have their mental picture. He adores you. We've got three amazing kids, and they've all got chores and jobs to do and things that we ask them to do. Big news flash we didn't have kids so that they could do chores. Because I have to remind one of them quite a lot. (laughs) And sometimes I think I could do it myself quicker and less energy. I didn't have kids so that they could serve me and do things and fulfil things. and I had kids with Tony because we wanted to have them. We wanted to be with them, to have relationship and fellowship with them. It's the same for you and I with Father God. He adores you. He wants to be with you. I always think of the fact it says He chose. And you ever remember when you get an opportunity to choose something? Hey, do you want A or B? None of us choose what we don't want. We choose what we want. Oh, I want that one. I remember when Tony and I went to get engaged, we went looking at rings. And there were two rings we sort of narrowed it down to and there was one I really, really liked, but it was a bit dearer than the other one. And I was just like, I, was, I really want that, but I don't know if I can because it looks like I'm a money grabber because I want the dearer one. And then he just picked it and he just went, no, that's the one we're going for. Because that's the one I would have chosen. I wanted the best. That's the one I like. And that's how God looks at us. He's chosen you. Sweetheart, He chose you yesterday. He chooses you today. And He will choose you tomorrow. He will forever choose you. When you find life is punching you in the face, kicking you in the teeth, knocking the wind out of your sails, it has you questioning your identity, has you insecure about who you are. It's not wrong to recognise that's where you're at. But it's wrong to stay there. We have to adjust our crown, place it on our head. Remember, in this crisis, I've been crowned because my daddy adores me. He's adopted me. And he has, first one, accepted me. Thank you. You thought I forgot, didn't you? (laughs) Life will throw us things that get us to question who we are, situations that make us insecure in our identity. But the promise is that we've been crowned in the crisis. You and I are daughters of the King and nothing, nothing, not even that, not what you're thinking, not even that, nothing separates us or changes that fact. As daughters of the King this morning, won't you remember that you've been accepted, adopted, and you are adored? And won't you leave this conference with your crown firmly in place? And when your crisis knocks it, straighten it up. And if it falls off, you just pick it up, <laughs> blow it, put it back on. You need to wear. You're a crown with pride. Someone said this, What a shame it would be to believe you are a pauper when you really are a princess. Girls, stop living like paupers because Daddy made you a princess. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au.